Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's good? How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back to another episode of the IKP, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kip. Um, I hope everybody out there is doing fine. I hope everybody out there is doing fine, staying healthy, being wealthy. Um, <clears throat> we got a lot to get into today. We got a lot to get into today. This is the episode before the draft, so it's a big-time episode. It's an episode before the draft. I'm excited. I, I feel like doing a top 10 mock draft, so maybe I'll do that later on in the pod. But it seems, it, you know, I, I do that. I'll probably do that later on in the pod. I do a top 10 mock draft. So the top 10 picks within the excuse me, within the mock draft, I'm going to do that. But it seems like um, a lot is going on. A lot is a lot. A lot has happened. A lot is going on. We're actually we're going to talk about we're gonna, a lot of draft talk. A lot of draft and a lot of quarterback talk um, because, quite frankly, I mean, this this draft, I'm telling you guys, this draft is going to break a lot of ratings, like a lot of star, as far as like viewership in ratings numbers. This might be the most watched draft in, in forever. I mean, because we've been it seems like we've been talking about this draft just for such a long time. Some of these kids we've been talking about this. We've been talking about some of these kids. Since they've been in high school, some of these players that we're with, that we're discussing, we have been discussing since high since high school. So I can't wait for that. But uh, it seems like people, you know, COVID nineteen. I'm not. I'm not. I am, by any means, I'm not saying COVID nineteen has gone away. But uh, I, you know, I see some big summer events. Rolling Loud came out with their set schedule, um, in their list. So that. That, you know, Rolling Loud should be a big-time event in July. So it seems like, you know, things are starting to get back and open, and, you know, open sooner and sooner, slower and slower as time goes on. It seems like, you know, things are opening back up. But let's get into it. Okay. My final verdict on Mac Jones and the 49ers. And let me, and let me, tell, you, let me tell you guys this. I don't – I think – some people and some people have talked to me about this. It seems like most of you guys tend to agree with me on my Mac Jones take, right? Well, it looks as if the 49ers are going to draft Mac Jones at three, right? They're going to draft it, it, that, that's what it looks like. It looks like they're going to draft Mac Jones with the number three pick in the draft. So the first three picks are kind of like easy. You know, Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two, Mac Jones at three. So the draft really starts at four, right? Because now Kyle Shanahan over the weekend, I think the media asked him some questions about Jimmy Garoppolo. And his answer wasn't so bold. It wasn't so confident. You know, it was it was a questionable answer. And I'm going to play that clip after I'm done. But it looks as if the 49ers are moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo and they're going to draft Mac Jones. So you're probably wondering, why? how can I make such an assumption? Well, get this. Who's the most ready? Like, out of all these prospects, the most ready player, the most ready quarterback that can get you can just drop into an NFL game. It's probably Mac Jones. 
he's he's probably the, he's probably the most pro ready. You know, he knows the verbiage and so forth. He, he he's the most pro ready, and I'm going to explain why. But I'm also explain why Kyle Shanahan is going to draft Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan is going to draft Mac Jones because Kyle Shanahan needs to win games. Now, everybody knows, everybody around the league knows that Kyle Shanahan can coach. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows he's a great offensive mind. People know that, right? People know that, like, nobody's going to question the amount of football that Kyle Shanahan knows. He knows his stuff. He knows. He does. When he's had Jimmy Garoppolo for a full year, he got to the Super Bowl. Jimmy, now, that's the thing. Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt. So that's 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 the main issue, main reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is on the market and they're, they're going to trade him. They're going to move off of him. Because he's often hurt. He's not reliable at all. But you're looking at Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, most people would wonder, like myself, well, why not take the quarterback with the higher ceiling? Why not do that? Why not take the quarterback with the higher ceiling or the highest ceiling as possible, right? Why not do that? Well, Kyle Shanahan, in his four years with the 49ers, he's 29 and 35. Now, like I said, nobody's going to question Mike Sh Kyle Shanahan and how much football he knows. And we all know he's a good coach. But at some point, the NFL, is a it's a win-down league. It's a win-down league. And he's, he has to start winning games. So what quarterback gives him the best choice? Out of the three quarterbacks that will be left at the third spot, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, what guy gives him automatically the day one? What guy gives him the best chance at winning the most games? Day one, year one, probably Mac Jones. Justin Fields and Trey Lance definitely have higher ceilings. And they definitely have, they're definitely more talented. But Kyle Shanahan needs to win more games. And you listen to a lot of these scouts. Um, I listen to some, some scouts that I trust. And they all say Mac Jones is the most pro-ready, which he is. You look, at, you look at what he had around him at Alabama. Now, obviously, in the NFL, obviously, Defenses are going to be much harder, and he's not going to have a clean and perfect pocket all the time. And his receivers are not all the, or, or his receivers are not going to create the same amount of separation that his receivers did at Alabama all the time. But you look at the the ingredients that Alabama has. Alabama is literally a they're literally the thirty third NFL team. They're literally the thirty third NFL team because they have. NFL, they have NFL quality coaching. Nick Saban and then last year, Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive play caller for Alabama. Sark, Sark is a great offensive mind, and now he took over the job at Texas. Also, he Mac Jones played with NFL talent. He played against NFL talent. So we and we kind of see what Mac Jones is. We know what we kind of know what Mac Jones is. Maybe he can get a little bit better, but as far as what like as far as what we're getting from Mac Jones, 
He's he's not a he's not the most athletic or mobile kid. He doesn't necessarily have the strongest arm. I think, in my opinion, I think Matt Jones' best his best trait, his best ability is his accuracy. That's that's his best ability. He's a very accurate passer. So that's what you're getting for Mac Jones. And you guys know my NFL comp for Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins. I think he's a bigger version of Kirk Cousins. And it's funny that I keep throwing out this comp because Kyle Shanahan, when he was working for then the Washington Redskins, the Washington football team now, but they were called the Redskins back then. With the same year they drafted Robert Griffin III, because Washington Daniel Snyder was so high on Robert Griffin III, he was so high on Robert Griffin III, and he wanted to and he wanted to draft Robert Griffin III. Well, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, they weren't they weren't big of they weren't too big of a fans of drafting Robert Griffin III. If you remember, they weren't big on drafting RG three. They didn't want to move up all the way. They didn't want to move all the way up to draft RG3. But Daniel Snyder did. So they they drafted. Dan Snyder got what he wanted. He got RG3. But later in that draft, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, they drafted Kirk Cousins. So how ironic. Kyle Shanahan, he Mac Jones out of the out of Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, Mac Jones fits exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. Now, do I agree with that? No, I think you should draft the quarterback with the highest, with the higher ceiling. I think with, with you got with the 49ers moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo and you gave up a King's ransom to go all the way up to three and you and you and you draft you, like you're moving off of Garoppolo because he had a defined ceiling. You give up a King's ransom to move up to three only to draft a quarterback with another defi- with another defined ceiling. So I don't necessarily agree with the move, but the NFL is a win-now league. And Kyle Shanahan, he needs to win now. He needs to win now. Because you look at the you look at how this roster, this 49ers roster is built. Trent Williams, highest paid left tackle ever. George Kittle, I think he's the highest paid tight end. You got Juszczyk, highest paid fullback. You got Joey, you got Nick, I think, Nick Bosa, not Joey. Nick Bosa. He, 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 his payday is coming up very soon. So the 49ers are paying a lot of guys. They're paying a lot of guys. And Kyle, Kyle Shanahan has to be thinking, hey, I'm not going to ever get my hands on another George Kittle. I'm not going to never get my hands on a Nick Bosa. So whatever run I can make, Whatever Super Bowl run I can make with this set roster, I have to do so right now. Like I said, does Mac Jones? Do I think Mac Jones is going to lead the 49ers to winning a Super Bowl, despite how good this roster is? No, I don't, because he has a defined ceiling. But as far as what Kyle Shanahan is looking for in a quarterback. He fits the mold. He, Mac Jones fits the mold. So that's my final verdict on Mac Jones. Yes, he has a defined ceiling. Yes, he's not as talented or have a high or or have 
a high or as high as, as a ceiling compared to Justin Fields or Trey Lance. No, he's not. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't. But he but he fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And if you look at and you look at in the past and these trends with Kyle Shanahan and even with Mike Shanahan, they're known. Kyle Shanahan is known for taking guys with lesser traits and making them above average. That's what he's known for. Look, look at look at the quarterbacks that he's had. He's known for taking quarterbacks like Mac Jones, who have defined ceilings, who's not the most mobile, who's not the most talented, in making and turning those guys into above average quarterbacks. And sometimes they win MVP like Matt Ryan. And sometimes they put up good stats like Kirk Cousins. And sometimes they have good they, – they win a lot of games and make playoff runs like Jimmy Garoppolo. But how about Kyle Shanahan take a player with above average traits, such as a Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and make them even better? He won't because the NFL is a win-now league. And who gives him the best chance to win right now, day one? Mac Jones. Out of those three quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, Mac Jones gives him the best chance to win. And quite frankly, he fits what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. I'm brung on Coach Lee to talk about this same very topic, and he brung up the RG3 situation. Kyle, RG3 did not fit what Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan wanted to do offensively. Kirk Cousins did. That's why Kirk, I mean, RG3 got hurt. But then eventually Kirk Cousins took over and he flourished. He put up good numbers. And that's the same thing you that's the same thing you're we're getting right here with Mac Jones. Trey Lance. And I think I I I even think Kyle Shanahan knows that Trey Lance has a higher ceiling. I think he I think he's totally aware. But he's like he's probably like I have to win games right now. I have to win games right now. That's probably what he's thinking. So, that's my final verdict on Mac Jones. Um I do think the 49ers are going to take him especially with especially with a guy, with with these rumors swirling around with Jimmy Garoppolo, because it seems it, it, all signs are pointing to Jimmy Garoppolo um, not being a 49er. And if that's the case, if the 49ers are planning to trade Garoppolo, um, first, that's it's kind of late for that. Like, I don't I, like Garoppolo's value isn't that high. Like, he can they can probably get. The most they can get for Garoppolo is probably a second rounder. The most. That's the most. And I'm probably being nice. But if if Garoppolo is going to be traded, then they would need a guy who can play automatically day one. And Mac Jones, he fits that. He's the he's that guy. But let's move on to um Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I heard some pretty interesting comments from Bucky Brooks. And I'm going to um, tell you guys why I disagree with them. Okay. 
so as I said, Bucky Brooks, um, a well-respected NFL, um, he's like an NFL analyst, uh, analyst. Yeah, he's like an NFL analyst. He works for NFL Network. I sometimes see him on Fox Sports. I, I and I like book. I like Bucky Brooks. I like a lot of his takes. Um, I like as far as his evaluation of these prospects. I like what he's said about some of these prospects. I do. So I like Bucky Brooks and his perspective and his takes. But he made the suggestion of the Ravens should draft Justin Fields, let him sit for a year, and then after that year, let Lamar walk away. Now, as you guys may know, or if you don't know, Lamar Jackson, similar to Baker Mayfield, um, it, it and Josh Allen, it's time for those teams, the Bills, the Browns, the Ravens, to ultimately make a big decision on whether or not they want to pay those guys. Now, I think the Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson decision is a bit easier. I think the Baker Mayfield decision of giving him bigger bucks, I think that is one of the, that's that's a tough and challenging question and something that Baker is going to have to prove. But I don't know. But for instance, I don't know why everybody wants to find this perfect quarterback. There's no such thing as a perfect quarterback. Why does everybody want this perfect quarterback that don't exist? There's no perfect quarterbacks. There's no perfect quarterbacks. And I, and I kind of get like what Bucky Brooks is saying. He don't want to pay Lamar. 40 plus million dollars because then we know what that means. We know that the Ravens, they're going to have to pay him 40 plus million dollars, but ultimately that means they're going to lose some other players in some, they're going to lose some other players that's making a, a good amount of money. But you don't, I don't understand why we, why people in and media members around the league are trying, they're trying to find this perfect quarterback. The closest thing to a perfect quarterback in today's game is probably Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But any, like, like anything you, any other quarterback, you can name a weakness. So there's no perfect quarterback. Lamar, this, this whole Lamar Jackson, like, I get it. I'm and I'm I'm crit I have been critical in the past of Lamar Jackson. I have. I've been critical. But the dude is 30 and 7. He has a 30 and 7 record as a starting quarterback. He is a league MVP. He's 30 and 4 versus everybody else. That's not named Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. He's 30 and 4. He wins 80 plus percent. He wins 80% of his games. What more can you ask for? He just won his first playoff game. As I already mentioned, he won the MVP and he set the league on fire. Why? You like. Instead of focusing, like people focus, and we do this, we do it with some, with so, you know, like, we do it with freakishly talented athletes, it seems like. We do it with Giannis. 
We do it with Lamar Jackson. We do it with Zion. And I've made this comparison already before. But Lamar Jackson, he is Giannis. He's the Giannis of the the NFL. He's the Giannis of the NFL. People in the NBA, and we and, and and I'm not saying these players are perfect. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson, there's not there's not better quarterbacks than Lamar Jackson. Obviously, there they are. Like I like I would me me personally, I think Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, I think all of those guys are um are, are better and on different levels. I think I think those guys are better than Lamar Jackson. But we gotta stop this. We got to stop this nitpicking on what on what certain guys can't do. Like Giannis, we like so many people, they nitpick about what Giannis can't do. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, he doesn't have the greatest jump shot. Yes, could he improve on uh, uh, like uh, could he have a go-to move that is efficient and effective in the postseason? Yes. But we don't talk, we don't never talk, when we're talking about Giannis and Lamar and their postseason struggles, we don't talk about the things that's not around them, and and we don't talk about schematically what's not happening and what should happen. We just automatically blame their weaknesses for their playoff troubles. And yes, Lamar has to improve as a passer, but over the last couple years, his passer rating has gone up. His passer rating has gone up over the last couple of years. It's gone up. His MVP year, obviously, was was the year he had his highest. Um, I think his passer rating was one thirteen. It was it was one thirteen. His MVP year, which is phenomenal, obviously, but last year it was ninety nine. He had a passer rating of ninety nine last year. But we talk about the things that they can't do. And like I said, Lamar has to become better as a thrower if he wants to win a Super Bowl. And and Giannis has to become a better jump shooter. And he has to have he has to adapt and um and and pick up a go-to move to be effective in the playoffs. But once again, stop worrying about what they can't do. Stop worrying about what they can't do. Giannis is the most Giannis is the most dangerous player in the open court in today's NBA. He's the most dangerous player in the in the fast break in the NBA. Lamar Jackson runs the football. He's the most athletic player probably on the field at all times. Stop worrying about what these guys can't do. Look for for instance, we talk about Giannis playoff struggles. But we don't point out how Mike Budenholzer continuously has Giannis at the top of the three-point line trying to drive and kick and create offense for others. In the postseason, that doesn't work. Instead of having Giannis at the top of the key and trying to always drive the basketball, how about you let him come off of screens? How about you give up how about you give him some post-up looks? So when the so when people so when like for Bucky for instance and I like I said I like Bucky books I like his takes and I like his perspective and opinion most of the time not this is not one of these times but instead of the Ravens trying to draft Justin Fields 
The Ravens should be trying to explore how they can get Julio Jones. The Ravens should should try to explore how can they get how can they get a, 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 a top tier receiver? Can they move up higher in the draft to get a top tier receiver so Lamar can have a legitimate number one option instead of drafting Justin Fields? See, we talk about these guys' weaknesses. And I feel like, well, Lamar Jackson, I feel like we kind of do it, not, not purposely, but with Lamar, his style is so unconventional. Like, he's a, he, like he's, a, he's a heavy runner at the quarterback position. His throwing motion is a bit, uh, you know, some people don't like, some people don't like his throwing motion and so forth. So we just continuously nitpick, and it's like we wait on the downfall of Lamar because his system or because his style is so unconventional. But instead of embracing that unconventional style and unique style, we just we just piss on it and we just we just wait for it to fail just because it's unique, just because it's unconventional, just because it's not the norm. And, let's, and, and like I said, yes, Lamar has to improve as a thrower, but don't you think, so Lamar has to improve as a thrower. Wouldn't it help if you got him Julio Jones? <laughs> like that was literally the same issue that Josh Allen had. Josh Allen was an erratic thrower passer of the football his accuracy was up and down like his accuracy was horrible you know what the bills did the bills went out and got stefan diggs a legitimate number one receiver lamar jackson doesn't have that so in order for lamar to get better as a thrower it would kind of help if he got julio jones as a number one receiver it w- it would help, it would help, and Yon Gian- and and Giannis once again, like I said, my, instead of Mike Budenholzer, just continuously put Giannis at the top of the key and expect him to drive when the when the opposing defense is ha- has has set up a wall. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen at all. Instead. Mike Budenholzer should put Giannis. He should put Giannis in different situations. He should put him on flares. He should he should run some flare screens for Giannis. Give him some post up touches. Get some screens off the elbow. I I I just I I just think we you know just because their styles are unconventional. How about like like Giannis is we don't we don't call Giannis the Greek freak for anything. They both are freakishly talented. They're both freakishly talent, talented. And with Giannis, we bang on him. But he, dude is the most, like Giannis is the most skilled. He's the most dangerous player in the fast break. The most dangerous player in the open floor. He's the most dangerous player in the open floor in the NBA. At this moment, he is. And with with Lamar, he's only 24. He's only 24 years old going into his fourth season. But he's 30 and 7 as a starter. 
And all we can do is nitpick? All we can do is nitpick? Come on. Instead of drafting Justin Fields, the Ravens should try to move up or they should try to explore some trade options to get Julio Jones to Baltimore so Lamar can improve as a thrower or, or have a chance to improve. And I'm not saying, hey, if the Ravens get Julio Jones, Lamar is going to improve as a passer. I'm not saying that. But if they did get Julio Jones, you don't think his passing would get a little bit better? I don't know. I think it would. And that's why I think the Ravens, they should try to uh, go after Julio Jones, basically. That's what I'm saying. The Ravens should go after Julio Jones. Simple as that. And, I, I, like, to go back off the Lamar Jackson's conversation, it, I don't know why people are looking for the Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes is, is one of one. Aaron Rodgers is one of one. And if you like, if you're a team and it, it, like, get this, okay. The Ravens. The Ravens have a top ten quarterback in Lamar Jackson. He's he's a top ten quarterback. There's you can't name nine other quarterbacks that you would want over Lamar Jackson. And there's not a lot of guys that you can name. Like, let's off the top of my head, I'm gonna name the guys that I would want over Lamar Jackson, and it's not a lot of them. But I named the guys that off the top of my head. So, like I said, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, uh, Tom Brady, those guys are givens. Maybe Josh, maybe I want Josh Allen. Maybe I want Josh Allen. Just maybe. But those guys I just named Pat, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, and maybe Josh Allen. Yeah. That's six quarterbacks that I would take over Lamar. And with Josh Allen, that's probably a maybe. But you look at even, even some of those quarterbacks, they have weaknesses. But you but like like even some of those quarterbacks like let's go through the weaknesses of of some of those quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously he 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 Tom Brady can't jump over a piece of paper, right? He can't jump over a piece of paper. Tom Brady can't jump over a piece of paper and he and he, and he moves like the chair I'm sitting in right now. Okay? <laughs> like can't jump over a piece of paper and he moves like the chair that I'm literally sitting in right now. So that's one weakness of Brady. Like he's just not, he's just never been physically superior. Josh Allen, he takes, Josh Allen takes some of the worst sacks I have ever seen in NFL history. The, 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 the sacks that Josh Allen take are horrible. He's a great player. He's a, he, he had a great year last year and he's a really good player and he's a great talent. But he takes some of the worst sacks. Also, his decision making, he's he's a he's a gunslinger. He's really he's willing to risk it all. He's a gunslinger. Um, Russell Wilson, the one critique about Russell Wilson I can probably make is he runs into sacks. Sometimes he, you know, he's moving within the pocket so much, he runs into sacks. But everything else, like, 
Like, I don't know why we try to find these perfect quarterbacks. Even with Mahomes. Mahomes, he's had a couple injuries. Uh, I mean, sometimes he can be a bit, you know, he can he gets a little gunslinger in him. So there's there's no perfect quarterback. So this nonsense about and, and, and Justin Fields, I think Justin Fields, if he gets drafted, if he gets drafted to the right team, I think he'd be fine. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is not going to be good, but I'm it's no way that I'm giving up a guy that won the MVP award. I'm not giving up a guy that's winning 80% of his games. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good your roster is. Only, only, there's no mediocre quarterbacks winning 80% of their games. I don't care how good their roster is. I don't care how good it is. They're not winning 80% of their games. So the fact that you're winning 80% of your games as a starter, that means you're a high-end starter. That means you're a high-end, top-of-the-notch starter. Now, like I said, Lamar, there's guys, there's about five to six guys that I would take over Lamar, legitimately, five to six. But after that, no. After that, no. Like Dak Prescott, no. I like Dak. I love Dak, but no. Uh, Matthew Stafford, no. Kyler Murray, no. I love Justin Herbert. I want to see a little bit more before I make a definitive answer. So no. So I don't I don't get why we try to find this perfect quarterback because they ain't they it, it's it's not out there. And the guys that we think that are perfect, um, like like Patrick Mahomes, he's one of one. <laughs> he's one of one, right? He's one of one. Um he's one of one. I can't even believe we're 34 minutes in. Damn. Wow. Okay. That was it's only been two segments. And to go and to just to bounce back off my Mac Jones point. The 49ers roster is so good. The 49ers roster is so good. Like I mentioned the guys that they had. Trent Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle, Nick Bosa. Uh, a solid offensive line, a a solid receiving core. Um, Kyle Shanahan is obviously one of the better young offensive minds in football. Who whoever they draft, they're going to be okay. Whatever quarterback they draft or decide to go with, they're going to be okay, and it's going to work because their roster is just so damn good, right? And if 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 Mac Jones is that guy, where it seems to be. It seems like it seems likely that Mac Jones is going to be that guy at number three for the 49ers. I'm not saying he's not going to work. He's going to work because I've seen quarterbacks of this of Mac Jones same ilk, and they have worked with Kyle Shanahan. Now their ceilings are low and. They obviously have limitations and deficiencies. Obviously, um, that's what come. That's what it come. That like that's that's what this. That's what drafting a guy like Mac Jones entails, right? So, I I think the Mac Jones it's going to work, but it's not something that's gonna that's gonna win the 49ers Super Bowls, in my opinion. Like 
in my opinion, I think Trey Lance, he has the opportunity if his because I talked about how Mac Jones is pro ready, right? Because despite the number, he didn't have a lot of starts at Alabama. But the, if you but he had a good portion of starts, but he didn't have a lot of starts. Like he wasn't a three-year starter, right? But you look at the pieces that he had around him, those were NFL caliber pieces. Those that like that, like I said, Nick Saban. Steve Sarkeesian Sark is a offensive, just offensive genius. You know, Waddle and, and Devontae Smith, along with Michi, Najee Hurst, they were, I mean, they were, they were, they were an elite running team. They had an elite offensive line. He had elite wide receivers. He had NFL caliber talent. Obviously, the defense is good. NFL caliber talent on his team, Mac Jones. And he played against NFL caliber teams. I mean, because, you know, he played against the Georgias, the Floridas, the Ohio States, the, um, like, those, those, those schools and those SEC schools, they have a lot of NFL guys. So he was playing against, he was playing against some NFL caliber guys. With Trey Lance, that's not the, that's not the, that's not the same situation with Trey Lance. Trey Lance didn't have um in in although North Dakota State in their division, they're like the Alabama of their division, but he doesn't he wasn't playing with NFL talent. He didn't play against NFL talent. He didn't have the same coaching staff and the coaching in the in just the prep, the coaching prep that Mac Jones had. So that's why so so yeah, Mac Jones may be pro ready, but Trey Lance's ceiling is so much higher because we, we, we're just looking at his talent. In with the very little tape that he has, the talent just bursts. It, it just it it shows. It just it flips off the TV screen. It shows off his TV. It, it just it pops off your TV screen. The talent. So with Trey Lance. You're getting a guy who has the chance to be the second, if not the best quarterback in this draft. And I say that legitimately. He has the chance to be the second or maybe the best quarterback in this draft. Just with his talent and his ceiling. If he gets drafted to the right situation. So, I'm not saying Mac Jones is not going to work, but Mac Jones does have a defined ceiling, um, just like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not as mobile as you would like him to be. So I think that's that's working against the 49ers. But um, let's move on to New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, they're trying to move up for a quarterback, right? Now, yeah, the Patriots are trying to move up for a quarterback. The Patriots are trying to move up for a quarterback. How weird is that? How, how weird does that sound? First of all, the Patriots rarely move up in the draft, if ever. I can't remember the last time Belichick ever moved up in the draft. I, I don't think he's done it before. So this is not really like Belichickian. Um, this is not something that he does often. So I feel like the Patriots, who if they do move up, that's telling me that they really like one of these two guys, which I assume would be Justin Fields and Trey Lance. 
the Patriots are a team where they're they're a team. They the, the Patriots have a good team. Defensively, they're going to be solid because they have nice defensive players along with Bill Belichick, and he's a defensive mastermind. He's the he's probably the best defensive coach in football. He's the best defensive mind in football. So the the defense is going to be fine. But this past offseason, they went out and spent money. They got some receivers. Now they don't have they don't have they don't totally have a legitimate number one receiver, but it's better than with this better than the skills positions that they had last year. So they upgraded in that department a bit. But now they're in the market for a quarterback. Because Cam Newton, let's be honest, Cam Newton, we're gonna New England, they're probably gonna give him another year, even if they draft Trey Lance or Justin Fields. They probably still give Cam another year because last year, bad skill positions, um, defense, you know, had some some guys out due to COVID and, you know, some they had some. So so it was a lot that happened for the Patriots. So I think and, and it was a new system for Cam. So I do think they give Cam another year. But they do also have a fallback option just in case Cam has an injury, which Cam has a pretty um, extensive injury rap sheet. Um, and or or after this year, wh- whoever they drafted now has a year under their belt and they can just step right into playing. So I like this move for the Patriots. Now it's 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 important that the Patriots try to move up above nine because we would assume that the Broncos are going to take a quarterback as well because the Broncos are sitting at nine. They're sitting at nine, and we assume we 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 could we can assume that they're going to take a quarterback, right? Because Drew Locke clearly not the answer. They're moving on. They've had enough, so that's why the pan. That's why the Panthers and the Patriots are having trade talks. I heard the Patriots are willing to give up Stephon Gilmore to move into the top ten if necessary. So that would be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I like I said, I look at the Patriots as a a really good team. Um, you know, off you know offense, it, it it's better from last year. Last year was just horrendous as far as the skill positions. You could even name some of the guys. The defense is going to be solid. So drafting a quarterback for New England, it, it, it's going to it's going to do them wonders. It's going to go a long way because I think if they draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance, I do think I th- I do think both of them would work. Whoever they draft, and you got to look at it. I mean, the AFC, the AFC, and this young quarterback, like the, the young crop of quarterbacks that the AFC have. Um, with Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, we don't know what his status is, but he's in the AFC. Um, Joe Burrow, and you, it's just so many young quarterbacks. Did I say Justin Herbert? I think I said I think I said Justin Herbert, Baker, you know, so forth. So it's just so many young quarterbacks within the AFC where you're like Josh Allen, where. You know the Patriots. If they're gonna win some of these games, they gotta they gotta get a quarterback. <laughs> like, sorry to break it to you, but Cam Newton's not gonna be the guy that propels you in big games. Like, 
they need to get a guy under center. So, because uh, let's be honest, Cam has had his injuries. He has he's had an injury pass, um, injury riddled pass, I should say. Uh, Cam. Last time we saw Cam, he was not he, he just physically as a thrower. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. As a thrower of the football, it was not pretty. So, uh, that would be a that would do the Patriots wonders if they move up in the draft to draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So I'm gonna give you guys my top my top ten mock draft. I feel pretty good about it. Um, I can't wait to see the actual draft because we've been talking about this draft, talking about this draft, talking about this draft. I don't know how many Mac Jones topics I have done. Just seems like a lot, but I'm gonna give you guys my uh my top 10 mock draft on the other half on the other side of this. All right. So I'm about to get into my uh my top 10. My top 10, my 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 mock draft top 10. Now, I know I just talked about the Patriots possibly moving up and it could happen. It could happen, but I don't I don't know if it's going to happen and I don't know where they would move up and you know the pieces that would be given up and so forth even though New England they would be moving up for a quarterback. I just don't. So I'm just going to keep the same, the regular draft order, um, how it is. I'm going to tell you guys, um, this is my top 10 mock draft before the draft. So this this episode, this is a Wednesday episode, obviously. The draft is on Thursday. So we, we will know. But next time you guys hear my voice, we will know, um, at least for the first round, who was drafted, right? We would know who was drafted at least for the first round. So, and I can't wait for it. So let's get into it. Um, at number one, the number one overall draft pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They gonna they're gonna draft Trevor Lawrence. No brainer. Um, this is a no brainer. Uh, Urban Meyer, you know, new coaching staff. The 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 Jaguars are gonna draft Trevor Lawrence. Okay, that's that's a given. At number two, Robert Sala and the Jets and so forth. They're gonna draft Zach Wilson. They're gonna draft Zach Wilson at number two. That's where that's that's you know that's what is look that's 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 what all the signs are pointing to. At number three, the 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 49ers are gonna draft Mac Jones. All signs are pointing towards Mac Jones. Now, like I said. It seems like it's very likely that Mac Jones is going to be the number three overall pick. Would he be my pick at number three? No. But just given all of the facts, given all of the things that ha- that I have laid out for you guys over the, I don't know, how however long I've been talking about Mac Jones and so forth, whenever this Mac Jones hype started, you know, the facts since that since, since then that I have laid out, Mac Jones, all accounts, is going to the 49ers at three. Now, at four, it gets a little interesting. Atlanta. Uh, this goes back to my my perfect quarterback uh, s- segment. There's no perfect quarterback, but you can't quantify what Matt Ryan – you can't blame Matt Ryan for Atlanta's struggles. Atlanta can't stop a nosebleed. Like, literally, their defense can't stop a nosebleed. That's not Matt Ryan's fault. 
Now, I don't think Atlanta's going to draft. They're. Gonna, I don't think they're going to address their defensive problems because I think they're going to draft Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts at number four. I think he gets drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. This is a no-brainer. Kyle Pitts is arguably the best player in this draft, the best prospect in this draft. He will be taking that four um, at with the Atlanta Falcons. At five, another interesting take. I think the Bengals should, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they went Jamar Chase at five because the LSU connection, Joe Burrow wants him. I wouldn't be mad if they went Jamar Chase at five. Me personally, me personally, I'm going to go Penisua, Penisua at five, Penisua at five. Um, think of it like this with Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is the fancy Ferrari, right? He's the fancy Ferrari. He's the nice sports car Ferrari. Think of Penisul as car insurance, whether it's Geico, Allstate, State Farm, whatever floats your boat, progressive, whatever floats your boat. Think of it like that. And I'm not saying Jamar Chase is not going to be great. He's a phenomenal talent and a phenomenal prospect. So I'm not saying any of those things. But you look at with Joe Burrow, this, the, the injury that he's coming off of, Joe Burrow's coming off of a, a bad injury. So you got to keep your you got to keep your franchise quarterback upright and stable. Drafting Penisul, you are ensuring, <laughs> no pun intended, that you have this is a 10-year insurance policy, 10 plus year insurance policy that is going to be legit. Joe Burrow is the fancy sports sports car, he's the fancy Ferrari. Penisul is the is the car insurance Geico, Progressive, State Farm. He's the car. He's the car insurance. He is. He's going to ensure that Joe Burrow won't get touched on his left hand side. As the left tackle, Penisul should be the pick for the Bengals. Like I wouldn't be mad at Jamar Chase pick at with the. I wouldn't be mad. You know, the Joe, because he got a, the LSU connection with Joe Burrow. I wouldn't be mad. And he's a phenomenal receiver. But Penisul is a, he, he's going to be a, he's going to be a 10 plus year offensive left, uh, um, left tackle. He's a 10 year left tackle, starting left tackle, Pro Bowl caliber left tackle that you're always going to have. So I, that's, that's where, that's the way I look at it. But at six with the Dolphins, I have Jamar Chase. The Dolphins need to figure out if Tua Tungavaloa is their guy. That's what they're trying to figure out. That, that's, that's what the Dolphins are trying to figure out because the Dolphins are in the midst of their rebuild, and so far, they have done everything right. The Dolphins have done everything right. They have flip picks to get more picks on top of more picks. The picks that they have used on players they and, and that they have drafted – they have worked out. They have the right coach in Brian Flores. It seems like they have the right coach in Brian Flores. Like, he seems like the right guy out of the – he's the needle in the haystack out of the Belichick, like, coaching tree that actually can coach. Um, so the Dolphins, they've done everything. It's up until this point, they have done everything right. 
The most important part now, they have to figure out if Tua is their guy. The best way to do that is drafting Jamar Chase, an absolute, automatic, immediate playmaker on the outside. That another playmaker on the outside that Tua has at his disposal, along with Mike Jacecki and Will Fuller. At number seven with the Detroit Lions, the Lions, I have them taking Jalen Waddle. The Lions traded for Jared Goff on the offseason. They traded for Jared Goff. They lost Kenny Galladay. The Lions just need they the, the Lions need to give Jared Goff all of the emotional, all of the talent, any any type of support the Lions can give him, they need to give him. Um I'm not sure if Jalen Waddle is the knee biting type, but hey. I mean, I think the Lions need a receiver. I think Waddle is their guy. I think they're that's the guy that they should draft. That's the guy. To, that's the guy. The Lions should draft Jalen Waddle. At number eight, uh, the Panthers. I'm mix, I'm in mixed emotions because I, they yes they traded for Sam Darnold and he's so he's still so young, but they have yet to pick up his fifth year option. So keep an eye out for that. But for the Lions, I mean, for the Panthers, I'm going to probably go Micah Parsons. I'm probably going to go Micah Parsons for the Lions. Micah Parsons for the Lions, he is that he is that linebacker that everybody wants. He's that linebacker that in, in today's game you're going to need. He's, he can do everything. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. He's the prototypical linebacker that you need in today's draft in today's game, and I think the I think the Panthers go with him. Um, also, to replace that Luke Keefley role, um, the and they, the Panthers need some help on that defense. At nine, the Broncos. Uh, I think they go Justin Fields. I think the Broncos go Justin Fields. It can go either way. It can go either way with Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And, and, and mind you. This is this mock draft is done with no trades. So New England could very well trade up in exchange with Carolina and New England takes so so it can go either way. You guys know how I feel about both of these guys. So I do think the Broncos if if the draft order stays this way, I do think they'll elect to take Justin Fields. Um they they're they're tired of the Drew Lock thing. The the Broncos need to win now. Vic Vangio needs to win now. So I think they go with Justin Fields. Um, they have a, they have weapons on offense. The Broncos' weapons is not the issue. They need to figure out the quarterback situation. They need to figure out the quarterback thing. They haven't been able to figure that out. They haven't, they haven't been the Broncos, with the exception of the years with Peyton Manning. The Broncos have struggled big time to replace the footsteps and the shoes of Joe El, of John Elway. So they're still trying to figure that thing out. And then at 10, I think the Cowboys draft Patrick Sertan. I think that's the safest bet. The Cowboys draft Patrick Sertan the second um, at 10. DB from Alabama, really good. I think he's going to be really productive, should be really productive. I think the Cowboys go with him, and they fix some of those secondary problems. So that is my top 10 mock draft. As I've already stated, um, you know, I, I I think 
this is this this mock draft is done without trades. So I'm aware of New England may trade up or there may be another team um, on draft day that surprises everybody and move up in the draft and take whoever they need to take. Um, but a team like New England who's going to move up in the draft or we assume that's going to move up in the draft for a quarterback, uh, either they take Dre Lance or Justin Fields. But I didn't want to do the trades because it would be complicated and all that good stuff. So. I stick with the regular draft order. With the regular draft order, though, those are some of the those are my those are my picks. Those are my, that's my mock draft. I feel pretty good about it. Like I told you guys, I think um, the draft is going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent this year, and it has so many others, so many just storylines. Out usually in the draft, you pay attention to Trevor, like the number one picks, the top tier guys, and we had been focusing. But, like, the Mac Jones story, the Zach Wilson story, what the Cowboys going to do, Kyle Pitts, is he overvalued? Is he undervalued? The Bengals and, you know, there's so much, so much talk, you know, with in storylines coming into this draft. So I think it's going to be a really good one. And with that, um, that's going to pretty much conclude this episode. I hope, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um <clears throat> Try to bring a little little humor to it, but uh, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Always remember two choices, one decision. Draft night on Thursday. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna NBA NBA playoff talk is getting closer and closer, so I might bring a couple guests on to talk about that um, in depth. NBA playoffs in depth, but like I said, enjoy the rest of you guys this week. Um, enjoy the draft, enjoy the whatever festivities or things that you guys may be doing. I greatly appreciate you guys continuously coming back and listening to the pod. Greatly appreciate it. Um, I'll let you guys go. Peace, deuces, gone.